Chapter Fourteen of the Great White Queen by William Lequeux. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Fourteen, Foes. When we had been several hours upon our hot, tedious journey, there arose a quarrel out of a practical joke played by one native upon the man walking before him. Quick, hasty words led to blows being exchanged. Both men were walking immediately in front of me, and I did my best to quell the disturbance, but either they did not understand me or affected ignorance of my words, for suddenly one of them raising his spear leapt forward upon the other. The man attacked sprang aside and in so doing left the narrow path, at that spot not more than twelve inches in width, followed by the would-be assassin. Next second they sank into the sand and although loud cries of horror escaped them, both disappeared into the terrible gulf ere a hand could be outstretched to save them. Hearing their cries I leant forward, but before I could grasp either of them, the fine sand had closed over their heads like the waters of the sea, leaving a deep round depression in the surface. They had disappeared forever. The instant death of the two combatants before my gaze caused me to shudder, and I confess that from that moment I kept my eyes riveted upon the strange narrow path by which we were crossing the impassable barrier. Through three whole days we continued along the way of the thousand steps, resting at night and journeying while the light lasted. To halt was even more perilous than to progress, for when we encamped we simply sat down upon the spot where our footsteps had been arrested, and food was passed from hand to hand along the line. This latter was somewhat unsatisfactory, at least as far as I was concerned, for the edibles that reached me were not improved by passing through the hands of thirty or forty malodorous negroes. But the fatality that had at first appalled us had now been forgotten, and every one kept a good heart. Led by Omar, we were approaching a land hitherto unknown, a country reputed to be full of hidden wonders and strange marvels, and all were hour by hour eagerly scanning the mysterious horizon. Across the level sand, swept by winds that parched the lips and filled the eyes with fine dust, causing us infinite misery, our gaze was ever turned northward where Omar told us lay our land of promise. The very last hesitations on the part of our followers had long been overcome. The African savage is not given to roaming far from his own track, fearing capture or assassination at the hands of neighboring tribes. But such confidence had the men of Dagomba that if Omar had plunged into the quicksands, they would have followed without comment. When at Triggers I had often read stories of African adventure. I used to fancy myself buried in forest wilds, or eating luncheon upon the grass on the edge of a tumbling brook in the shadow of great outlandish trees. I could feel the juice of luscious fruits, mangroves and bananas, trickle between my teeth. I had once read in one of the boy's papers about the daughter of an African colonist abducted by the son of a West African king who had fallen in love with her, and the ups and downs and in and outs of this love drama had opened a boundless vista to my imagination. But life in Africa contained far more excitement than I had ever imagined. Death threatened everywhere, and I received constant warnings from Omar who gave me good advice how to avoid sunstroke or ward off the effects of the chill wind that blew nightly across this wonderful limitless plain. 
one evening when the horizon northward looked gray and mysterious and to our left the fiery sun's last dying ray still lingered in the sky there was a sudden halt the cause of which was i afterwards found due to the sudden stoppage of our leader omar all were eager to know the cause until in a few moments an amazing announcement spread from mouth to mouth along the line there were strangers on ahead of us they were actually traversing the way of the thousand steps shading my eyes with my hands i eagerly scanned the horizon in the direction indicated and there to my astonishment saw a long thin black line at first i could not distinguish whether it was a file of men or some inanimate object but the keen eyes of the savages before and behind me soon detected its presence and dozens of voices were in accord that it was a line of armed men and that they were moving in our direction instantly it flashed across my mind that whoever they were friends or foes there was not sufficient room for them to pass us upon that narrow path and knowing the determination of our followers i wondered what the result would be when we met unable to approach omar sufficiently near to converse with him i watched his face by the heavy look upon his brow i knew that trouble was brewing it was the same look his face wore when we had been held captive at kamasi an expression of resolution and fierce combativeness soon however we moved along again eager to ascertain who were the strangers who knew the secret supposed to have been jealously guarded by the great naya and her son and for over an hour pressed forward at a quicker pace than usual fortunately for us the sunset lingered long away to our left for by its light we were enabled to see the men approaching and before it died out to distinguish to our amazement that they all wore white arab burnooses and were armed to the teeth in point of numbers they were quite double the strength of our little force but we knew not whether they were friendly or antagonistic this point however was at last cleared up by omar himself who just as it was growing dusk halted and turning towards me shouted in english scars are you there yes i answered what's up those devils in front can't you see their banner no i answered then remembering that he had always possessed a keen vision i added who are they some of samory's men evidently in flight he answered on seeing us they raised their banner and are it seems determined to cut their way past us but where have they been that they should know the secret of the thousand steps i inquired astounded i'm quite at a loss to understand he replied puzzled the only solution of the mystery seems to be that kuaga has by some means obtained knowledge of the secret way and has directed a marauding force thither evidently they have been defeated by the guardians of mo and the remnant of the force a strong one too are retreating flying for their lives how do you know there's been fighting i inquired because i can just detect near the banner two wounded men are being carried then we must fight and wipe them out i said easier said than done he answered but it means life or death to us on they came in single file nearer every moment and soon i also could see the dreaded banner of the mohammedan sheikh samory near the flag-bearer were several wounded men being carried in litters while the white-robed soldiers carried long rifles and in their sashes were pistols and those keen carved knives called jambias at first our natives believing that they were friendlies went forward enthusiastically 
determined to drive them back with banter, there not being room to pass. But very soon Omar ordered another halt, and turning towards us cried in a loud voice in his native tongue, Behold, O men of the Dagomba, yonder are the fighting men of Samory, who times without number have raided your country, killed your fathers and sons, and sold your wives and sisters into slavery in Ashante. They have endeavored to enter Mo by way of the thousand steps, but being defeated by the guardians of our border are flying towards their own land. We, too, must fight them, or we must perish. The air was immediately filled with fierce howls and yells. The announcement that these men were the hated slave raiders of Samory caused an instant rush to arms. Loud cries of revenge sounded on every side, spears were flourished, knives gripped in fierce determination, and those who had muskets made certain that their weapons were loaded. The air was rent by shrill war-shouts, and the great drum with its hideous decorations was thumped loudly by two perspiring negroes who grinned hideously as they watched the steadily marching force approaching. Courage, men of the Dagomba, sounded Kona's voice above the din. Sweep these vermin from our path. Let not a single man escape, but let them all be swallowed by the sand-god. We will eat them up, cried half a dozen voices in response. Our spears shall seek their vitals. Guard against their onward rush, cried Omar. They will seek to throw us off the path by a dash forward. Thwart them, and victory is ours. Ere these words had left our leader's lips, the air was again filled by the wild clamors of my dark companions, and as we had halted just at a point where we would be compelled to turn at right angles, we remained there in order to attack the Arabs as they advanced. The sun's glow had faded. Dark clouds had come up on the mystic line where sand and sky united, and dusk was creeping on apace when the enemy, sweeping forward, shouting and gesticulating, came within gunshot. From their van a single flash showed for an instant, followed by the sharp crack of a musket, and a bullet whizzed past Omar, striking one of the natives a few yards away, passing through his brain and killing him instantly. A silence, deep and complete, fell for an instant upon us. In that exciting moment we knew that the fight must be fiercely contested, and that, unable to move scarcely an inch from the spot where we were standing, the struggle must be long and sanguinary. End of chapter 14. Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks.com.